0: Welcome to Harvest Time, my name is Chris Harper and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church by interviewing our members and other friends of the ministry. We wanna start by personally inviting you to church this Sunday. We have two services, one at 9 a.m., the other at 11 a.m. During that 11 a.m. service, we do have a live stream on hbcguam.org hbcguam.org, and if you come during that 11 a.m. service, we also have Japanese and Korean translation available. This week, Pastor Kevin Inafuku will be speaking. More about that today. Let's begin the program by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor.
1: Hey, day, Chris. Uh, good to be with you again today, and we're super excited to have Pastor Kevin in studio with us and on island. Pastor Kevin, welcome back to Harvest. Thank you. It's good to be back. And your family, Misty's with you, and your kids. Uh, Maybe the first time that the whole family's
2: been back together since, you know, you guys left. Since we left in 2017. Yeah, it's been been exciting um, for us to bring them back, but it's also been neat to watch their faces. Like, they remember a few things, and then some things are like, ah, I don't know if I remember that, but... It's good for them they were born here and so we're just thankful they could be with us
1: for those of our listeners that are not aware i mean i i feels like everybody on the island knows you but there might be somebody out there that doesn't uh we have with us uh today pastor kevin inafuku kevin and misty were here on staff at harvest and very involved all across the island really do know Seems like everybody. But,
2: Kevin, you were here for 14 years. Misty, a little bit longer than that, right? Yes, 19. Yeah. She came as a high school student when her parents came out to harvest and uh, went to college and then came back and worked on staff. And then we were married. Married here? Married. uh, We were married in Hawaii, but, yes, we were married uh, and then came back and served together. Okay.
1: Yeah, Yeah, awesome. And, uh, man, your influence, both of you together, uh, just... Feels like every week I talk with somebody that asks about you, talks about the impact that your testimony and your discipleship had, and you know, just many people. We're so thankful for that. You said you left here 5 What'd you say? Five years ago. Five years ago. A yeah. couple of years in Utah, yep. and then uh, now at uh, in Hawaii yeah. at. Aia, Aia, Aia. Sorry yeah. about that. It's the only town with no consonants, so it's all vowels. Wow, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Aiea. You're right. Aia Heights Church, yeah, the church. right yeah. there in, in Hawaii, which is home, right? You grew yes. up in Hawaii.
2: Yes, yeah. We left uh, Guam, um, heading headed to Utah to learn church planning and revitalization in a team context, and, and God used that time. And what a great, uh, what a great place. I mean, first of all it's a beautiful place <laughs> but secondly um, it's a very needy place and a place that um, less than two percent are uh, would profess um, the true Christ and who Jesus really is because of um, the religion of Mormonism and so uh, yeah we we learned a lot it was a, it's a hard place to minister mm-hmm. but thankful for what God is doing in raising up a church Gospel Hope church alongside of Gospel grace church where I think, uh, Will Galkin was just here yes, a little bit ago, right. and he's part of that whole church planning network, and and so we launched out from there. Um, you were Ia- there Ia- how, uh, two years or three, three years? Three years. Three years. Okay. Yeah, three years, and then launched out to Hawaii uh, almost two years ago to Iaea Heights Church, and um, yes, it's been. Uh, I think we landed in Hawaii right in the beginning of COVID, mm-hmm. and so we were we spent a lot of time in quarantine, and um, I think still learning what the new normal is going to be like um, as well. I think you guys are probably learning that as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Things have changed and uh, probably will never be exactly the Mm -hmm. same, and we don't know exactly what (laughs) it's going to look like, I think, across the world we feel that, but maybe more so out here in the islands. Uh, You guys are here for a a Young Pros retreat, which is happening this weekend. Young Pros is our group at Harvest for... um, College, just out of college, uh, people, and I think there's going to be 35 or 40 that are going to be part Mm -hmm. of that retreat. Pastor Kevin is going to be speaking Mm -hmm. uh, for that time. It's going to be awesome, and then uh, you'll be here uh, for the next week or so preaching at church. I think Chris Mm -hmm. mentioned that earlier. So um, at both of the services on Sunday morning, if somebody's around, you get a chance to connect with Kevin. Then. Mm Um, listening to the word there. but So we're really glad um, that you're here and get this reconnection again.
2: Yeah, I'm excited. First of all, because Pastor Jake has been talking about this for, I think, a year and a half, maybe. It's been a while, right? It's been a while. Yeah. And in God's providential plan, uh, we're here in January of 2022, but just excited for his burden for um, the singles and uh, college and career um, age group and wanting them to seek God with all their heart and and set their affections on things that are above. And so we're going to take Colossians 3 and dive into that and hopefully um, just help them to take the next step um, in their spiritual journeys. And so we're excited for that. It's pretty cool what's happening
1: in that group. I I mean, I think
2: the The size of
1: that group is un, unusual here. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's some smaller Christian groups around, but it's a good-sized group of people that are sort of in the same walk of life, pursuing God. God's doing some amazing things mm-hmm. in, you know, in the individual lives mm-hmm. there, and, and that group is growing. So it's really this is maybe a little bit of an invite. Uh, mm-hmm. It's happening now, so you'll so you'll miss it this go around. But if you're you know if you're listening and you're like, man, I need a connection, I fit that you know, that demographic, we'd invite you, you can call mm-hmm. up Harvest, they're doing Bible studies, you know, and a lot of connections. So um, mm-hmm. so thanks for ministering, in, you know, in that spot specifically, Kevin, as you've been here. Um, so uh, for, again, maybe to back up, you're, you're a, um, sent out of, as a missionary church planner out of our church here yes. at Harvest. After those 14 years, you know, on yeah. staff, we still kind of feel like, in fact, we Believe it this way: you are part of our staff, yeah. serving God in Utah, and then now mm-hmm. in Hawaii, in a you know kind of a church revitalization, mm-hmm. church uh,
2: planting type of area, right? Yes, yeah, I do want to. Thanks for sharing that, um, Pastor, because we are we are grateful for this church. I think um, when you talk about everybody knows us, I, I just think the culture here of family, right? It's a family, and I think you've said that many times. I've heard that on. On this radio show, but uh, uh, the family—you don't just like, hey, see ya. <laughs> mm-hmm. The family part of this um, church body is really awesome because we know we're prayed for, and we know that we're we've been cared for in such neat ways, and and um, and that's what gospel partnerships are. Um, and so we're we're really thankful for Harvest in that way you grew up in in
1: hawaii right maybe yes. give us a little bit of your spiritual story your journey you know
2: kind of up to up to now yeah so um my parents are first generation christians my dad uh was saved through um a bus ministry so to speak uh, just missionaries that came and picked up he and his siblings kids and took them to bible clubs and uh, and they ended up um, trusting the lord at a young age and so then my grandparents um, because of uh, their children trusting in the Lord. Uh, I turned to the Lord at, a, at, um, at their stage. I think it was probably in their 30s or whatever. But, um, and that set the trajectory for, um, for my dad's seven siblings and all of, our fa- all of their families mm-hmm. to, to go to church. And the church was planted there in Miley on the west coast of Oahu. And then my mom came, actually, she um, came on a missions team um, to Hawaii and met my dad. And they ended up, uh, she ended up staying, didn't go back with the team, and she ended <laughs> up living with the family in the church for a couple of years, and, and then they were married. And so um, really they were first-generation Christians. My mom's parents didn't know the Lord. She got saved at 18 years old, and um, and then went on to Bible college. Um, and so I say that because they didn't really understand, really, really. Um, you know, what a Christian family should be and do. Mm-hmm. And so they were kind of learning as they went along. And, and, uh, and so part of my story is that, um, that I, I grew up in this environment where it was like, no, you can't do this. No, no, no. And, and, and they were just doing what they knew, right. or only what they knew. Sure. And they were trying to protect us. And so my, um, my flesh re- rebelled against all of that. And so I, I um, probably lived my high school um, years um, pushing my family away and living really with, with a lot of friends and had our, my own plan for my life. Um, didn't, my plan was never to leave Hawaii, actually, and uh, at that time, I was dating a girl. We were going to get married right out of high school. We had our own plans, and God actually brought <clears throat> a guy to Hawaii. Um, he was doing camp ministry, and, and people Harvest might, might even remember him, but Bobby Wood hmm. was who God used at that time. Um, to get me to get my parents to to uh, send me to Bob Jones University. So, oh wow, I
1: didn't know that yeah, connection.
2: Yeah, it was uh, I didn't I didn't really appreciate him at that time <laughs> because I um, I didn't want to leave, and so my parents actually said, "Listen, you you need to leave for a year, or actually you're going to have to leave the house because oh. I had siblings and it wasn't the influence was not not great." And so I said, "I can handle a year," and so I left and. Um, this was before cell phones and even email at the time, right? right. So it's like the only communication would be writing letters, and and so I didn't get a whole lot of letters because my friends aren't letter letter writers. <laughs> so it was a lonely time, yeah, and yeah. Um, um, Bobby and a, a couple others. I mean, as much as I tried to keep pushing them away, I mean they just kept leaning in, and um, and so God used that. I mean, I think for the first time, understanding um, people that people actually did care for me, and they're they're pouring into my life even as much as I kept pushing them away and and so God I would say God kept chiseling away at the hardness of my heart through relationships people that genuinely cared for me and so I remember that day second semester where God um I broke my heart and uh, asked him to forgive me and mm. and uh, asked my parents to forgive me and and that started the journey I I I mean I look back, and I just would never have imagined God taking this little guy. I mean, I, I was with my family on my side of the island. We were walking there, and I took a friend, Jonathan Albright, who came and visited us, and we've done music together. And I said, Jonathan, I never thought I'd leave this place. Like, mm-hmm. look at this place. Mm-hmm. And um, and yet you look back at how God has has ordained the right person at the right time to step into my life and and help with the next next leg. And so after that... I graduated and um, and ended up traveling with Steve Pettit for three years, and that was another, you know, Will Galkin came and got his haircut in my room from my roommate, and then he's like, hey, come with me on extension, and you sing, and I'll preach, and we did that, and that started this interaction with like, hey, Steve, you should talk to Kevin, and it's just god god does that and charting the path for yeah us. it's yeah. unbelievable and um so travel with steve for three years and obviously steve and marty are right. real close friends and marty had just come to harvest in 2000 and they came back to northland i was doing the music at northland camp and said hey you need to come visit us and so we did and we came in, i came and visited right after punk song mm. and so i remember flying in and it's dark, and I mean, all the staff are living on campus because <laughs> generators were going. But and God used that trip to to see this island in devastation, literally. Right. And people were going to the public schools and the shelters, and and Yuri's driving around trucks, and all the teens are jumping in. We're just helping people with their yards, and, and we we're going. You know what? I think God God wants me to come here. So even aligning that, you know, Steve with Marty, and here we are. And I think that really has. You know, you do what you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's just been how the way that God has used people in my own life has been really the, the same thing. I, it's not a method of discipleship, it's actually what what I know. People that God's used to point in my life has kind of been the way that um, that I've tried to do the same thing for others, and so I just thank the Lord for his leading this far yeah. in my journey.
1: Back then, maybe even now, what did you love about Guam? What, what was it about yeah. harvest that kind of got connected to your soul? Besides his specific leading in your yeah, life? Yeah,
2: great question. I, I actually have looked back at journals from my trip. Out oh, here, cool! Wow, that's and neat. Uh, yeah, that was—it's unbelievable. Um, I think the thought in my mind back then, what I wrote down was, "Man, there is something on this island that I've never that." First of all, it's not in Hawaii. <laughs> mm. I've never seen a ministry um, on an island that's reaching to so many different cultures. Uh, growing up, even where I grew up, we had this little church, and and uh, you know, it, it was meeting the needs there in that community. But just seeing a place like Harvest that was reaching way beyond this little island into Asia and the islands beyond, and it was it was unbelievable. And um, And then at the same time, what I really loved about Guam was what I remembered Hawaii to be 25 years ago.
1: You've told me that before, it's really interesting to me. small community,
2: everybody kind of knew each other. Um, But even as I've been back to Hawaii these last two years, it's like, whoa, you know, everybody's busy and everybody. The way of life has changed um, a lot because of the cost of living to live in Hawaii. Everybody's working two or three jobs and, and even to get with people or to have a barbecue is like a big chore because it's hard and people are are busy and so coming to guam was like this man this is really what what i remember growing up as a child and and the way that people would just um, help anything that you need we're here to help and and they would sacrifice their time even people that didn't come to harvest that just were part of the community and so that was that was a, a thing that drew my heart to this place
1: well, I mentioned this before, but the Fuku's left a, you know a lasting influence you know in 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 so many ways. Um, so you know, we kind of talk a little bit about the what draw what drew you here. Tell me about your burden for for Guam. I'm going to talk about Hawaii here in a minute, but for your burden for Guam, I, I know from talking with you that that's still there, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't I don't think that leaves anybody. But yeah. can you tell me a little bit about that?
2: Well. First of all, man, I just, I'm excited to see Sunday because I know that God's doing a great work in the church and in the, in the academy and school, but um, I think my burden for Guam has uh, a couple couple things. I think there's a need um, across the island still. I think we talked earlier about COVID and how that's changed in a lot of different ways, but... Um, I think the burden to see a lot of these a lot of families in the community come to know christ and and continue to reach out to them through ministries like the academy. Mm-hmm. um just watching uh, the students walk uh, from class one class to the next just a little bit ago uh, reminded me of like, man, there are are hundreds of families mm-hmm. that that don't know Jesus, and we've 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 heard and seen testimonies of how God's used the academy and how God's used. The teachers pouring into these students to come to know Jesus, and so that. And then, it's interesting, Kevin. The
1: longer that I'm here, the more those stories keep coming yes. up. It is amazing the percentage that God has built up at Harvest. That mm. some of the initial contact were yes. through the academy. Yeah. You know, young students, families. You know, yes, yeah. It's really amazing,
2: and it's amazing too that that the graduates will go on, and sometimes you think that they don't. You know, they're you know they didn't they didn't grab on anything. We don't see fruit right away. I remember Pastor Henson said years ago, listen, Kevin, it's youth ministry is 10 years down the road. Right. And I've seen that. I mean, I've seen um, college or high school grads at the academy that have stayed in touch with us and they've come over and stopped in either through Hawaii or Utah. And and they remember the things that their teachers have taught them. And then there's a foundation of at least a you know reference point back to the bible and to truth and so well kev what i've said and what i've watched happen
1: uh is that and i try to keep communicating this piece these kids need to in fact they have in the past they've known that they're loved here yes so there might have been all kinds of other things going on in their lives during that time yeah. that may may or may not mm-hmm. you know have resonated yeah. with whatever was going on yeah. but uh, the ones that know that they're loved if if yeah. any of our students can leave this place saying man I was cared for there mm-hmm. and that's a place of safety yeah. then they do come back right? right they come back because of that peace
2: that's right and it's and what i you know, Guam is such a transient um, place in ministry, especially with teachers that come in and for time for a season. And there's new teachers coming in, and I would have told the graduates, "Is listen, Harvest is the same place, so you might not know um, your teachers might not still be here, um, but it's the same place and it's the same family. And so, trying to just continue to help them to know, and and what's good, what's been awesome to watch is that those graduates." are now sending their kids right yeah. to harvest. And so there's a truth that they remember and the, the truth of being loved and that, that they've learned about God, that God is love and they're sending their kids here as well, which is awesome. Yeah, And so the burden, one more thing, is HBBC. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, we were talking about the singing of HBBC. We love the students and the ministry that they have, but um, the burden to see, now that I'm in Hawaii, there's an unbelievable amount of Micronesians on, in Hawaii. And uh, wanting just to even see beyond, I know that we've talked that maybe the model um, might be shifting from not just in the islands, but across the world, mm-hmm. the need for some of these students really to take the gospel and lead in their groups, in their cultures ar- around the globe.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know. Let's talk about the spiritual needs on Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Different than Guam in what ways?
2: Uh, good question. I think... I don't know the percentage, but I think uh, Guam is still um, a highly um, 90-some percent Catholic, mm-hmm. right? And so Hawaii, I think the religion, the re- religiosity, is just across the board. I mean, there's a lot of um, different religions. Um, I think Hawaii has, you know, when Queen Liliuokalani and the overthrow of the Hawaii monarchy and government in the 1800s was, she was a Christian, and she, so she, so. Um, her impact uh, with the Hawaiian people was through a Christianity um, framework and mm-hmm. lens. And I think over the years, there's been a lot of different ministries that have tried to really continue that on with, um, with her legacy. But um, I think over the years, there's been a lot of uh, worldliness and liberalism that has infiltrated into Hawaii and so, um, and so into the churches. And so there's a burden, I think, just to see um, Bible teaching churches on the island going back to the truth of God's word. Um, but I think there's a lot of, uh, I think, consequences of, of how the churches have let, the churches have let um, liberalism and worldliness into the church. And, and so right now, I, I don't know. I feel like it's all over the board. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of churches. There's a lot of churches being planted Um, more than I more than what I remember five years ago and uh and they're across the spectrum I think they're from way over here in in very liberal churches to way over here with churches that are just like man we're gonna die on this hill and um so we're just we're just praying and asking God for wisdom and how to how to navigate that and how we can help and be a help to the ministries there
1: if you look at, you know, the ministry there in Hawaii and, you know, I know you're, you're connected with a lot of places across the states and, of course, your strong connections here. Um, it's, as we try to minister in this generation, mm-hmm. Kev, what, what's the hope that we're able to communicate, you know, to a generation that's weathered COVID, yeah. travels really, you know, really hard um, to trying to get anywhere? Lots of controversies yeah. from political to religious. Just it just feels like every place you go, every conversation yeah. is like controversial.
2: Yeah. It's a different world than it was just a few years ago. Yeah. What's the hope? Oh man, that's a great question. I, I feel like I feel like people are still the same. I think they want to be heard. Hmm. I think they just want to vocalize. You know, every thought that they're learning, whether it's in college and through the through the lens of their professors or what they're reading on the and on the internet and what they're Googling, but I think the hope is that that I think people are still hurting and that Jesus is the answer. And I think the only way to, to do that right now is to be able to have listening ears, be able to listen to them and not be so quick to correct them, but listen to them. And and uh, to do what I think Harvest is, is still doing is um, loving people where they're at, and uh, helping them to um, to know that we care because Jesus cares. And then, how do we take them to the the person of Jesus, who is the answer and who is the hope? And I think it's a different means. I think um, it's not just uh, it is. We we do believe it's the proclaiming of the gospel. We know that the, it's the power of the gospel. But yeah. We also know that it's it's this one on one and it's just listening and and the patience of actually letting them. Flush it out, mm. and letting Jesus be um, be who He is—the the light of the world, the answer to all their problems. Um, but I think it's trickier; it's different. Um, they're closet watchers online, and they're comfortable staying on online and watching it. But um, I think as much as we can, getting into the community and connecting, and reaching, and listening, um, and helping—it's dirty and messy. But they, I think these there are a lot of people who. Have not yet experienced the love of of God um, in a context even like Harvest, and so praying that people would would not just listen online and not just watch online, but they'd come and experience it in a church. And so I'm I'm thankful for this place in that it's doing that here in Guam.
1: Well, you you know this. I mean, I hope that you know this. Our church uh, Harvest continues to f- to feel like your family, and we're praying for you. I mean across the board. I mean, people are praying for you, for your ministry. They continue to be effective and impactful. We love your family. It's so good to have Misty yes. back and your four kids. We didn't even really talk about yeah. that. They're, we're little. You're, now your kids yeah. are from 10, 10 down? 9, almost 8, and almost 5. Yeah. yeah. It's so awesome to see your yeah. kids here and running around like, yeah. I don't know how they feel, but it looks like they're at home. So oh, I we love, love it. Yeah.
2: They were at the gym till 11 last night. Yeah, you know, playing around. They love it.
1: Well, we want you to know that we love you, yeah. um, praying for you, praying that God would bless your ministry, continue yeah. to guide your family. Thanks for coming back and serving You know, the Lord. I know that's yeah. your heart, but, but really serving and encouraging us too. Thank you for that. Thank you for having us.
0: And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Of course, at this point in the program, we always want to personally invite you again to services this weekend at Harvest. There are two of them, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., We have a live stream during that 11 a.m. service. You can find that at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. But of course, we'd love to have you visit. And if you do at the 11 a.m. service, we do have Japanese and Korean translation available. Um, We hope to see you at either one of those services. Pastor Kevin Inafuku speaking this week. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.